0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. Today, I have John Sanders on. John, welcome to the podcast, my friend.
1: John, thank you so much. It's my honor to be here, and I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: You know, I am too. And uh, you and your friend, Les Hughes, you guys started an organization called Entre Pastors, Entrepreneurial Pastors. And I, and I just want to share something with the audience. And I, and I hope as you listen to this, you guys go connect with your pastor. There's so much more we have to understand. First of all, John, when I, you know, uh, went into a period where I, I had an accident, I was coming out and I was putting my life back together and I'm really digging deep and I'm searching like, what is my calling? What is it? God, what's your will for my life? And and God actually shaped that, I think, to a place of a little higher level of maturity and that was instead of seeking his will for me and, and and trying to understand why I had to go through such a time of adversity, is this, is God reveal your will and what you're doing in the world and what I need to do and how I can take everything I'm going through to prepare me so that I can join you in these, because what you're doing is so much bigger than anything I could ever imagine. And I really felt like I was called to go back into the workplace you know, a traditional job or coaching is what I ended up doing, but that was my ministry. And I remember at the time sharing that with my pastor who absolutely like, this was a foreign concept saying, you know, the marketplace and ministry in the same sentence was like, just absolutely did not resonate with my pastor. So we went to another church and we found the same thing. And I got to tell you, sometimes I've come at this from a perspective Of, you know what, I need to find the right pastor who understands a calling like this so I can be with them and around them and be discipled and equipped and have a place where, you know, in that relationship, in the church community, I'm using that as a place for me to then to be re-energized, rejuvenated, restored, so that I can go out into the world and do those works that I was called to do. And I finally found this amazing pastor, Keith Boyer, uh, at 3D Church, right uh, down here where I live in Denver. It's a, actually in Aurora, Colorado. That's where I go now. Now, in that though, what I realized, uh, John, that was some pride operating from my standpoint. Because what what if you were that pastor? Because I know you're a pastor, and I'm a little bit frustrated. Like you don't get my calling. You're not really there. But but did I take the time to go to you and say, Hey, pastor? Like, I really believe this is a calling. How do we work together so you understand what God's doing in my world? Because clearly, as a pastor, there's so much you have to offer. But maybe you'd understand, like, I think for a lot of business people, we understand maybe the church playbook, kind of the rule book, the system. And we also understand maybe the business playbook and the business system. And I think basically, a lot of pastors don't understand the business playbook. Yep. When we don't understand something, it can be intimidating. I don't want to sound like, uh, like I'm not intelligent, like all of us have some of those elements. You know, we're all working on transforming our mind, but we're not quite there yet. So like, I don't want to look stupid. If I don't know, maybe this or this or things like that. And and what you guys have done is you have stepped like fully into both roles which i love and and folks we're you know most of our audience are people in business john and uh, we talked about that before we rolled and i i'm really excited about having a conversation with you about what you've done to kind of step into the world of being an entrepreneur i mean you're at this nexus of being a pastor to a church And, you know, uh, and and I love something you said to me before is, it's a question worth considering, is the role of a full-time professional pastor, is that a model that might be coming to the end? I'd love for you to maybe start at the beginning and share a little bit more about yourself. But we're going to dig into some really good things that I really believe are going to be of huge value to everybody listening over time as, as we make some connections and take some steps. But
1: Yeah. Well, you've set this up really well, John. And like a theme, I'll I'll go even further with this. First of all, just by way of introduction, I grew up in pastoral ministry. My dad was a pastor and, and I have so much to be grateful for in terms of my upbringing and the foundations that I was given spiritually, a lot of good things. However, there's some things I look back on and go, man, I don't know that I fully accept some of these you know, different ideas. One being something my dad used to say to me, I knew this was bad advice then, and I'm 100% confident it's bad advice now. He used to say, all young men should head for the ministry. And, and what we mean by that, let's be clear, is what the church has often had this underlying, sometimes not so underlying, sometimes it's very spoken Mantra that basically says if you want to serve God in full-time ministry, that looks like being a missionary or a pastor or maybe you know running some nonprofit charity. But then anything outside of that just kind of falls into this icky secular realm of business. And you know, by the way, never mind the fact that's the community we always go to with our handout saying, you know, can you fund the full-time work that God has called me to? But it when you stop and think about it, it's there really has been this false narrative that has been implemented in the church that basically says, look, you can serve God full-time with your life in ministry, or you can do something a little bit less than outside of that. And man, that didn't sit well with me when I was young, in part because I knew John for my own life, if I headed toward full-time ministry, that God wasn't going to stop me. I sensed a calling on my life from an early age to preach, even though I did my absolute best to outrun that calling and and not go down that road. So for part of it was just the conviction that I knew God wasn't going to stop me from that. But even for years, I wasn't able to articulate it. But now with some more maturity and wisdom, hopefully, behind me, I can look back and go, man, we've built this really false dichotomy that says ministry happens primarily within the four walls of a building that we call the church. And then there's stuff that happens outside of that that's just business or, you know, life or it's the secular realm. And I've come to realize when we surrender to the king of kings, there is no place on this planet that he's not already planted his flag and said, I'm the king over that, including the realm of business. And, uh, and it is ministry. There is so much happening in the business community that is just as valid ministry. And by the way, it's something we find a lot in our community that so many of the pastors we are serving that have businesses of their own say, I do more ministry out there in the marketplace in my business than I ever do inside the four walls of my office. So anyway, you've got a good company here with me. I'm right there with you. And I really kind of want to apologize to anyone listening to this on behalf of many pastors over the years that have either kind of subconsciously or very overtly Made that statement that you know that there is nothing greater that I could be doing than serving the kingdom of God by being a pastor. It really implies that for those of you that are not doing that, you're kind of a little bit less than those of us who are behind the pulpit. And man, that is a wrong narrative, it's a wrong message. And I repent on behalf of so many pastors that have helped uphold that over the years. So, anyway. I celebrate that intersection of marketplace and ministry, because in my mind, they're one of the same. Ministry is in the marketplace, and the marketplace can be ministry. There's really not this dichotomy or this, you know, false narrative of sacred versus secular, if that makes sense.
0: No, I I really appreciate you saying that. A couple thoughts. When I for you know, this is 10 years ago, coming out of my accident, and I approached my pastor about this calling and And I absolutely got the vibe that uh, that's less than, right? Mm -hmm. Everything you've been through, you should be doing, you know, here's some other ideas for you. And I got to tell you, personally, I was kind of crushed that somebody I really trusted and respected. And I I was all excited and we get together for coffee. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's not really, you know, cool from, you know, the whole kingdom. Mm -hmm. It's not kingdom cool. And I was totally, and I'll tell you this, the enemy used that to sideline me for a bit. Now as I've grown and matured, this is what I would do now is sit down with my pastor and use this as an opportunity to kind of share with him and disciple him and say, hey, you know what? when you said this, I don't um, and this could be totally my filter. I'm not going to put anything on him. but here's how it came across is like really discouraging, even though I totally feel like God has called me to this. I think we have a responsibility in the business community to go to our pastors and equip and disciple them as much as they have an, a, a responsibility and a and a role to equip and disciple us. It has to be going both ways because, you know, one of the things you guys focus on you and, and Les is, Hey, how do we help pastors focus on what they're doing in the world? Probably like, you know, Paul with his tent making business so that we can actually create a level of financial freedom by it, helping them, On how they think, the actions that they take. uh, You know, how do we actually step into being an entrepreneur? One of the things I work with a whole bunch of Christian executive and leadership coaches. And a third of my group that's in my mastermind, uh, John, are pastors Mm -hmm. who are developing a coaching business on the side with the goal that wouldn't it be awesome to make enough money from coaching that I would not have to take a salary from the church because then guess what I could do I could hire one or two more people or right I could free up resources and I don't see a lot maybe you're seeing more and more people but I would love for you to kind of share some of the things that you and Les are doing and and maybe where God kind of where that seed started that kind of grew into what you're doing now.
1: Yeah. Well, the seed started. By the way, that's my story too. I started a coaching business a few years ago, hired a coach. It was one of the most transformational things I ever did who helped me see John, you've been coaching people for years. You just haven't been getting paid very well for it. You've been getting paid like a pastor. I can show you how to do this professionally and get paid like a professional coach. And that was a, a very transformational thing for me. But where the seed that started, Dan for Miller, me, John well, he's one of my mentors. I'm actually in his mastermind, but no, the uh, coach specifically that I'm speaking of his name was Cliff Ravenscraft. I hired oh, I him Cliff. and I was in, awesome. yeah, I was in his mastermind for two years and now I'm in uh, dan miller's mastermind i'm a uh, coaching has transformed my life i mean i've I've always had mentors and other people speaking into my life, but to buy into coaching at that level to make that investment and to be inside of a community like that has been nothing short of transformational. And that's what we're trying to offer to others as well. And I think it's a great fit for many pastors because like my coach showed me, like you have a lot of these natural skill sets, you've been doing so much of this anyway, but John, to answer your question about where the seed for this came from again, growing up in ministry and having led planted a church and led it for many years, I personally have become sick and tired of the narrative of what I call the starving pastor. And it's, I don't know where we, we bought into this, but I, in the Christian community, there's kind of what I personally believe is maybe an extreme that sometimes we call the health and wellness gospel or the prosperity gospel. And I don't I don't go to that extreme. I get why many Christians kind of pull back from that. However, I would contend there's another ditch on the other side of the road where a lot of Christians are comfortable hanging out and it's the poverty gospel. It's the scarcity mindset that on one hand says we serve this limitless God, and yet we just are so okay with such limitation and scarcity and lack in our life. And there's a lot of mess. What does the
0: Bible say about being in debt? How many people are debt-free listening to this podcast right now? I bet uh, there's probably like four. Yeah, I'm not one of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, like this idea that that as a pastor that is synonymous with, I'm going to just barely get by financially. I'm going to live paycheck to paycheck. And like, where did that ever come from? I'm not in our message at Entree Pastors is not that, Hey, the church should pay the pastor more. I mean, maybe in some cases that should be looked at, but it isn't that it's not about, Hey, church, give more of our offerings to pastors so they can live a more comfortable life. My solution to that is Let's unleash these pastors to lean in and leverage their God-given talents, skills, and abilities to go out in the marketplace to serve people out of something that they're gifted in and they like to do, build a business around that, that not only is serving people, but really the lid is taken off in terms of their financial earning capability, like earn as much as you're able to serve and become a, a wealthy, profitable business owner in addition to being obedient to God's calling and ministry. Why are those things mutually exclusive? Why can't a pastor also be in business? But I'm telling you, John, I'll just challenge your audience with this right now. For anyone who's like not a pastor but belongs to a church, imagine if your pastor got up front this week and just pretend that they have a business and you know about it. They own maybe one or more businesses in the community. And imagine if they got up and said, "I just want to give praise and glory to God." this has been the most successful month in my business ever. We just had a six digit month in our business. How many church, normal church people would actually celebrate that and go, that's incredible, pastor. We're so happy for you. I would contend, John, most church people do not have a place in their, their mental bandwidth for a pastor that is thriving financially. That would make a lot of us go, Ooh, I have a place in my mindset for a pastor who's struggling who can't really take nice vacations and put braces on their kids' teeth when they need them. And that's driving a car. That's about 25 years old. That makes a lot of sense to me. That is pastoring. I don't have a a place in my mind for a pastor who's thriving, not because of the offerings of the church, but because of a business that they operate on their own outside of the church. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what we're trying to do. And we have pastors in our community who are doing exactly that, but why don't we hear their stories because they're flying under the radar man the average local church in America is not a place where a pastor could celebrate financial success like that um and we're hoping to change that i want to I want to create it uh, this culture it's just normal for a pastor to I'm not mad if a pastor gets their full paycheck from a church I don't think there's anything wrong with that I can even make a biblical case and in, in defense for that I'm just saying I think there's a healthier way I think where the church is going, the future of the church is going to look a lot different. And a big part of that's going to have pastors out in the marketplace as more of the norm and not the exception or not seen as some like, well, you had to do it because the church can't afford, like these are pastors that are going to be choosing it. Like I would never go back to being paid solely where I'm hundred percent dependent on my church. Like these are pastors that are intentional and we're celebrating that reality of having them out in the marketplace. So I don't even know if I'm answering your question, John, I just get wound up when you start letting me talk about this stuff. So reel me back in.
0: No, no, you're hundred percent right. Cause think about this. Um, I had a guy on my podcast. I'll send you If you guys want to go back and listen, it's a great interview. Go to eternalleadershipcom forward slash two, six, three. It's with Justin Knapp. I've gotten to know Justin. He's a pastor down in Colorado Springs. He was always like the youngest pastor in the room in small plant church. And literally, you know, he's the, the fridge is empty and he's going to people that are in the plant church and hoping they'll like invite him over for a meal because he he got to the point where he was tired of constantly asking, like, totally like, you know, this is the price to pay to build a church. I, I need yeah. to basically, you know, I mean, it's not enjoyable, but then he had this idea because they were being uh, given this space in a big kind of warehouse. And there was a lot of other empty space. And he went to the owner and said, hey, what if we started renting this out and created like, you know, month, like people are doing like Airbnb, but let's do it for office stuff. Love it. It's now become a company and it's called Space Together. It survived through COVID and it is rocking right now. And I'll share this with you though, John, because this is interesting because there are some mindsets that we need to break down. When he did start it being successful, and the church had now grown to, I think, about five 600 people, and he started talking about it from the pulpit, guess what happened? People, some people bailed. They didn't like it. Because they're like, that is not the kind of pastor I want. He's talking about making money. That's not cool. And there's other people, though, that it energized. And I got to tell you, the vibe of that church right now, or my, actually my friend attends her. he goes, dude, it is just thriving is the right word. But there are definitely some mindsets that we need to overcome. And I, and here's what Justin has found, is A, he needed help from people that were showing up at the church. Hey, I've never done this before. Hey, how do I think about writing a contract? How do I think about technology? How do I think about hiring people for business skills? And, and, and what had happened, it became this beautiful dynamic back and forth as the business community and his audience was cheering him on you know, this small group in the beginning that was celebrating success. Guys, we need that in our life. I would love nothing more than my pastor to call me up and say, John, I just got two new coaching clients this week. And it's going to be enough for me and my wife to live on the next six months without taking a salary. Because they don't have, unfortunately, and this is sad, they don't have a lot of people to go celebrate a win like that. Exactly. That is God's big time hand of favor in somebody's
1: life. when things like that come together, don't you think, John? Absolutely. And that's exactly the kind of support and community that we are providing with Entree Pastors is a a community of people, a tribe that gets it and where you can celebrate that. And I agree, John, like my vision for the church is that the day will come that that's more normal where we do celebrate those things. I also agree with something you said. It's something that I've contended for a long time that when a pastor is successful in the marketplace, it brings a level of credibility certainly for the business people in their church. Now, again, not everybody celebrates that. Some people would prefer that their pastor is broke and destitute. However, I don't think that's the majority. I think the majority can be shown a healthier model and go, actually, we like that. And I know for a fact there's a, a community within the church that are, are drawn toward a pastor who understands business. It Again, it gives a little bit of credibility and maybe even beyond the church, out into the world that we're trying to reach when they see a pastor who actually knows how to get their hands dirty. Now I'm not by any means playing into the narrative that some people have in their mind of the pastor that only works one hour on Sunday and you know doesn't really have any skills beyond what they learned in seminary. I don't I know that's not the truth because I grew up in ministry, I've let planted and led a church. But I think that there are some in the culture and maybe even some within the church who see that in pastors. They see someone who's really limited in their skill set and maybe even their knowledge of how the rest of the world works. Maybe they've been very sheltered in terms of they grew up in a Christian home in a a very conservative church, went off to Bible college and seminary. They don't really get how the world works out here in, in the real world. And when a pastor does get that, when they're in the real world building a business, interacting with normal day in and day out people, I think it brings a level of credibility from from a lot of people to say, man, they get it. They understand where I'm at. They understand the pressures that I'm up against. And I love your vision of that, John, of seeing the business leaders and the pastors in this mutual relationship where we're discipling one another, learning with and from one another. That's an inspirational thought to me.
0: Yeah, I love that. So, you know, everybody out there listening, um, if you're a pastor, plug in and check out Entree Pastor, E-N-T-R-A-P-A-S-T-O-R-S, entrepastors.com. You guys have a great podcast. You interviewed one of my dear friends the other day, Teresa McCloy. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's awesome. Uh, and folks out there that are in the business side of things. Um, Recommend you know what? Just start the process. Recommend this to your pastor. Help them to plug into a community of other pastors that are maybe starting to look at things, uh, I think, uh, from an expanded kingdom view. Like, really, what is my role? I don't think any of us work in isolations. Think about it. Like, I'm in the business. I do a lot with the government. I do some consulting on some big media companies, and I'm part of the church mountain, I'm everywhere. And I think if we only pull back into the church mountain, if you guys are familiar with the seven mountains mandate, and, and I see my job is to defend territory, right? People come up to help me defend my territory. I'm not growing it. I'm not expanding it. I'm not equipping mm-hmm. people that are leaving my mountain to go back into other mountains. All of a sudden, we have a very limited view. And in that view, all of a sudden, our effectiveness is diminished greatly. Good. And I really believe that right now, John, I, I, I'd love your thoughts if you're feeling this, but there is an awakening happening right now in the body of Christ. Yes. All of this negative stuff we're seeing in the world and in the news. Here's a thought for everybody. Did it ever occur to you that nothing occurs to God? All of this he knew was happening, and I think the whole body of Christ is waking up. They're turning toward God. They're repenting. They're praying. And in that, I think uh, that's why like what you guys are doing is so important. And maybe I'd love for you to share as we kind of wrap up. Uh, well, first of all, anything that's on your heart, a call to action, but a little bit about what other pastors would find
1: as part of the entre Pastor community, John. Yeah, well one thing to to you you asked me kind of what I see coming in down the road. I I don't claim to be a prophet, but I absolutely agree that there is a shaking happening and it's a good thing. I'm excited about it. I know some may look at all the events in our world and in the church and go, "Man, this is it's so much bad news, so much negativity." I truly I know this sounds cliché. I truly believe the best is still out in front of us. The best is yet to come. I think we're entering some of the most exciting times in the church and Part of what is being shaken is this thing that we've gotten into this really deep rut thinking that God's desire is to protect the institution of the church the way that we've thought it should be. And I'm coming to realize the future of the church is going to look very different than the past. It may look very much more similar to what we read about in the early, you know, New Testament, the early church. And I'm excited to see where that goes. And part of that is practically speaking, I think that model of a pastor being able to receive their full-time salary, which isn't hasn't been that amazing to begin with from the church, that's probably going away. And I again I'm excited. Let's get these men and women out into the marketplace and thriving in in that space. So my call to action to your audience, if they're is any pastors listening to this that would say, man, I would like to know more. We have a free get started guide. If you're like, man, I don't even know where I would begin to start building another business or a side hustle. If you go to entrepastors.com slash start, we have a free uh, downloadable get started guide, but the bigger call to action for your audience, John, I would just, and you already mentioned it, tell your pastor about us. Like we're, we know we have a good message. It's resonating with the hearts of pastors. We're just trying to get the word out to more in our tribe. And we have non-pastors in our tribe as well. People that just have a heart for the church and a heart for business are connecting with us. One of the things that we do to serve our community, we have a membership community in which we've got three different courses that we've built out, kind of three broad pathways that a pastor could consider taking in terms of what would my business look like. Real quickly, one of them is what we call the information-based pathway. It's taking a message or your intellectual property and building a business around that, whether that's through, you know, writing a book, podcasting, coaching, speaking, that sort of thing. Obviously, that's a good fit for many pastors. We have a course and a pathway on e-commerce, like selling online, Amazon, eBay, that sort of thing. And then we have another course that is more of like a service-based business. You know, If you are more of a hands-on, want to provide a physical, tangible service, we've got a course that's built out for that. Sometime soon, Lord willing, this year we're going to be developing a fourth path, and that's down the road of real estate. We've got a lot of pastors in our community that are doing phenomenal things in that space. So we've got different areas where we're helping pastors kind of discover which would be a good path for you. And then let's walk beside you as you launch a business or continue a business down that space. And uh, let's win together. Let's go do this and thrive both in the church ministry and in the marketplace ministry as well. So entrepastors.com is a great way to connect with us. And uh, yeah, just help tell your pastor that we're here and we'd be grateful for any connection we could get from that.
0: Yeah, uh, let's do that. And think about how great it would be for a pastor to actually... Be in a community of people that have, have figured out how to balance the your commitments as a pastor, growing a church, running a staff, and doing something on the side that gives you, actually, think about this. that ex, you know, When you do that, not only do you grow and develop, but you're reducing the financial uh, needs of the church because yep. you've replaced that. And now you're also then accelerating the growth, the impact, of the church that you've been also called to pastor. And I'm sure a lot of people out there that are pastor are going like, well, I am so slammed right now that I could never do something like that. Well, I just want to share this with you. Check it out because other people have. They've been just as slammed. They looked at what they're doing and how they're doing it in a community of people that understand their world and made those small incremental steps forward and changes that led to a better outcome. So you know what? It's yeah. worth a, at least exploring, at least plugging into the podcast cuz I'd love to see more pastors freed up, freed up to do their best work, to operate in their their true gifting versus the stuff that just kind of, you know, just pushes them down and be able to in that place cuz it's a better place being equipping the people that are in the church that are called out into the kingdom Monday through Friday. Yes. To go cuz here's what I believe with all my heart god is preparing territory all over the place and then he is looking down at us going okay john this you're i'm going to i want you to be my guy to go occupy that territory i've prepared mary i want you to go into that hospital that you're a doctor in or a nurse in and this is the relationships that i've prepared and yes. you're going to step into that gap and it's going to have an amazing outcome but guess what? Some of us need a little bit of help, discipling, a little bit of courage in this world that we live in now to really stand up for the Lord out in the public square. But how do we do that in a way that we also don't get, you know, chopped off at the knees? I mean, there's so much going on right now, and I think it's a blast. But John, thank you so much for what you're doing, how you're doing it, you and Les. As we close up here, any just final thought that you have?
1: Well, I will just respond briefly to something you said, and I'll try and keep it brief. You mentioned, you know, pastors just being overwhelmed, and that's so true. But here's one of the reasons I love this entree Pastor model. It forces pastors to look at something that's not healthy and not biblical. It's this idea that says, hey, pastor, you do the work of the ministry. You are our full-time employee. That's why we pay you. So you do all the work, and that's where you've got these pastors feeling just completely overwhelmed with their workload. And if we get back to that Ephesians 4 model of pastors being the equippers, they're not responsible to do all of the work of the ministry. They're equipping and they realize, you know what, I've got a lot more time on my hand than I thought I did a few years ago when I saw myself as a full-time employee of of a church. I actually know my lane. I have a, a role to play, but then I have a lot more bandwidth to go do other things because we have so many other people that are using their gifts that God has given them to do their part in the body of Christ. So to me, it's a really healthy thing that forces the issue when a pastor says, well, how can I do a business and ministry? It's like, you're probably going to have to do more of that biblical thing of equipping and delegating and not doing all the work of ministry. So for that pastor, that's like, John, how would I ever start another business? I can't even keep up with this one. It sounds counterintuitive, but it actually is healthier all the way around. So give it a try. And uh, we're here to walk beside you and help you figure out some of the nuances of that. But but yeah, John, thank you so much for bringing me on the show and just letting me share this message with your audience. I'm grateful for the opportunity.
0: Well, my pleasure. Thanks for what you're doing, John. Uh, It is needed work. I think there is a reason why it's on your heart right now. And, And folks, call to action. Let's see our responsibility and seize our our role in helping our pastors, our church staff, to understand what we're doing, what we're called to out in the marketplace. And I'm not saying you don't have to volunteer or go on a mission trip to Africa, which I've done. I've done all these things. But day-to-day, my highest, biggest kingdom impact I have found is just in the relationships that I have in the work setting. And how do I do that? If I see that my work as a calling, share that with your pastor, share with them more about what you're doing and how you're doing it, and be available to coach and mentor them as they coach and mentor you back. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're part of a mega church, and it's really hard to get time with a pastor if you're part of a really huge church. Find somebody in church leadership, somebody that's part of maybe the men's ministry or the women's ministry or whatever it happens to be and develop a relationship there, not so that you can get, right? But so you can be a net giver. Go meet with them and just say, what can I do to serve you? How can I help you understand the men, the women that are showing up um, on, you know, on a Wednesday night, on a Saturday better? Can I help you develop some content? Can I help? What can, I think if we go out and we just serve them where they're at, That's going to develop the relationship that allows them to better serve you in some of those areas that you're excited about um, as part of a church that you're already in. And you know what that does? That just makes for a stronger community because we have better relationships. People are excited about some of the results that we're seeing. Things are, are, are having, you know, we're moving the needle, we're getting results. And And, man, that's the church community, you know, I want to be a part of, that it feels like, you know, it's alive, not just status quo. I don't want to be part of the frozen chosen. You know what I mean? Amen. I love that. (laughs) All right. Thanks, John. Great talking with you. We'll need to have you uh, back on and follow up.
1: Anytime. Thanks again, John. I appreciate it.